Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. And welcome back to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast. It is a new month and a new research theme. And the Gals Guide Library is, get this, uh, back on Zoom. <laughs> because Indiana is seeing a huge spike in COVID-19. And this is our new normal. This is just the way it is. Uh, so the good part is, is that you get to see our quasi-drunk faces on a YouTube channel. Uh, the other wonderful part is we get to have a gal pal who's in another state. <gasps> What? Look at that. We're, I was going to say internationally known. Nope, still nationally known. That's the word for it. Uh, <laughs> another wonderful part is that there is one, two, three, four, five of us. That's right. We're basically the Fox Force Five, if anybody gets that reference. Or maybe we're the Spice Girls. Maybe we could do yes. that. Or better yet, we're <laughs> an even glorious version of The View. You decide. <laughs> <laughs> whichever one you want it to be or make up your own it's totally fine uh but for the month of august all five mondays see five mondays five of us <gasps> math it can happen uh we're going to be celebrating the 19th amendment like it's 1899 wait a second <laughs> That's not what Prince was talking about, and that's totally the wrong date as well. Uh, so the 19th Amendment was ratified to the U.S. Constitution August 18th, 1920. Uh, it finally gave women the right to vote, but unlike the commute to this particular podcast, it wasn't easy. <laughs> See, we're zooming, so there was no compute. I feel like if I have to explain the jokes, they're not funny. Okay, all right. So, but it was a hard-fought road, and many uh, of those men were scared of ladies with banners. Oh, they're so scared of those ladies. Uh, so, let me introduce my ladies with banners. <laughs> First up, you know her as the women's history artist who has been painting up a storm, or at least she's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Bonnie Fillinworth. Bonnie, tell the good people what you've been up to, girl. <laughs> I've been painting ladies. I was painting on one this morning, Lucy Stone. How many more do you have to go on your hundred uh, After her, it'll be 97. 97 to go. Okay. Sweet. That's pretty good. I've, I've got like uh, two more <laughs> two more days off this week. So. Oh, okay. Oh, you'll get them. 97. Get like 50 done. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I believe in you. I do. All right. Next up. Uh, you know, if there was a protest or a parade... She'd be bringing the baked goods. I'm talking about my girl, Katie Harris. Katie, what is new in your world, girl? And did you bring donuts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that was remarkable timing because my internet had just dropped out and I, I just got back on. So here I am. <laughs> and, and bear with me the rest of the night if that seems to be a reoccurring theme. Yeah, but the internet <laughs> just goes bleh. <laughs> mine does so um well I've actually been baking up a storm I'm settled into my new job working at a gluten-free dairy-free bakery that um goal is to employ people who have autism 
Sweet. So I've been able to bank and job coach and do all of the things I love. And it's been amazing. I'm gearing up uh, for my son to return to school, which is really nerve wracking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's all I got going on. (laughs) (laughs) So much. So much. No, just a couple things. I love it. Sweet. Next up is our returning gal pal, who I am still calling the queen of genealogy because she's earned it (laughs) and she's fantastic at it. She rocks my world and Eden is back, y'all. Eden, what's been going on with you? I have been uh, also nerve-wrackingly trying to get my son uh, set up to go back to school. Yeah, right. uh, In about a little less than two weeks. And uh, I work for Vincent's University, hence the t-shirt. I like repping, yes, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I work inside of Ben Davis High School. Uh, and so we're trying to gear up to do that. Oh, my goodness. Well, you so know, kudos to you. Mm. Yes. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> a lot of schools, a lot of, oh, this is how we're going to do it. No, wait a minute. <laughs> now we're going to do it. Wait. Oh, wait, the no, world's in the toilet. Is. Hold on a second. Let's totally. try this. <laughs> So, uh, so that's a little, that's definitely nerve wracking. It's a, it's an ongoing, hmm. <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. Yes. Is noises. Yes. I love it. Totally. Well, next for the first time on the show is Gail Pell. She, she's going to make it prehistoric y'all. You'll get this reference in a second. This gal pal represented the state of South Dakota with dinosaurs in suffragette sashes. It's one of my favorite things on this planet. Please welcome Claire Lockhart. Claire, tell the good people about yourself. Hi, I'm Claire. And first of all, thanks for having me. Anytime. And yes, it's true. I do incorporate dinosaurs. In my artwork, uh, my main yes. reason for this is because women have been fighting for equality since the dawn of time. Yes. And I'm an artist and I incorporate humor into my art practice because it makes my F word art, you know, my feminist artwork a little oh, more approachable. There you go. I was going to be like, you can totally F bomb on the show. And I'm like, I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am the executive director of Gals Guide, and I am so excited because the Gals Guide Library now has over 2,000 women's history books in the collection. We passed that milestone, so it's been super exciting to say. Um, However, if Ikea would just get the damn bookcases that we need, we would have a better place to be able to put these lovely books. So instead of my kingdom for a horse lately, I've been like my kingdom for a bookshelf. That's kind of where I've been at. So if you have any pull with Ikea or an Ikea altar uh, or any Ikea gods, if you have that power, mama needs a Finby and a Billy, all right? So if you could just manifest <laughs> destiny, that to me. Um, but yes, but my first world troubles aside, because like really these are terrible problems to have in this particular part of the universe here. Um, we're going to bring here to the online table one cool thing about the women's suffrage movement. And I'm super excited to learn about this because I love this part of history. 
but who wants to go first and share their one cool thing? Eden's gonna go first. Woo woo! I love it. Queen, hit it. <laughs> who oh, you okay. got for so, us? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I am going to preface this by letting you all know that yes, there will be a genealogical connection. Yes. To my choice. Down. <laughs> Indirectly, but it'll okay. be there. I like it. So you've been warned. So. And excited. My, <laughs> right. <laughs> so my choice is Francis Harper. Nice. So Francis Harper is actually a new person for me in terms of the women's suffrage movement. Um, I, I wanted to pick someone that uh, was not, that was, un, that would be new for me. Mm-hmm. And to fa- the fact that there's a genealogical connection was just kind of like made it perfect. <laughs> Bonus. So. <laughs> Bonus. All right. So Frances Harper was born Frances Ellen Watkins. Okay. She was born on the 24th of September, 1825 in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. Gotcha. Now, I don't know if you know anything about the history of, Balt- of Maryland, but it was probably, it probably had the highest number uh, eventually of free people of color mm-hmm. in the United States uh, in terms of being a slave state. Mm-hmm. So her parents were free people of color, which means nice. she was born a free person of color. Now, unfortunately, her parents died uh, when she was about three years old. She went to live with her father's brother and his wife. His name was William Watkins, and his wife was Henrietta. So she was raised by her aunt and uncle. Now, William himself was an abolitionist, and he found he was very much into education, and he founded uh, the Watkins Academy for Negro Youth. So that happened to be the school that Frances went to. Oh, neat. Now, she ended up, after she graduated and everything, she ended up moving from Maryland to Ohio, to Wilberforce, Ohio, uh, where she taught at the Union Seminary. Ah. So kind of cool that she got into education. She taught domestic sciences. Ooh, before it was Um, home ec? Basically. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, got it. I like but it. But I'm thinking it was probably a little bit more than that. It I think probably so too. Kind of some chemistry of cooking mm-hmm. uh, and baking and all of that, you know, gardening, all that. Yeah. Kind of a lot of stuff. real life stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so she worked there. Um, she um, she was very disturbed by the fact that uh, during her time away from Maryland, um, Maryland passed a law that basically said, if you weren't, if you were a free person of color and you weren't already living in Maryland, you weren't allowed to move there. So since she had moved away, she no longer was considered a Maryland resident. So this means that she was no longer allowed, like she couldn't visit her parents. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that made her also become an abolitionist. So um, in the meantime, in her other life, (laughs) she was a writer. She wrote poetry. 
Uh, she was published in a variety of different magazines. She ended up publishing, uh, I think, two books of her poetry. So that was um, another way that she kind of earned a living. So she had a career uh, as an educator. She had a career as a poet. Nice. On November 22nd, 1860, she got married. She married a man named Fenton Harper. So that's how she gets the name Harper. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he passed away four years later. Oh, I know. Right. I mean, good Lord. Goodness. You find somebody, she loses somebody really quickly. Totally. So in 1866 in New York, there was a national women's rights convention Mm -hmm. and she was one of the keynote speakers. Ah. Uh, she gave a very famous speech called We Are All Bound Up Together. And in this speech, she urged her fellow attendees, who were probably predominantly, if not all, uh, white women, mm-hmm. or at least white people, to include Black women mm-hmm. in the suffrage movement. Yes. Now, for some people who don't realize, the suffrage movement, while we think of the suffrage movement as being kind of just kind of pro-women in America, mm-hmm. it was really a white women's kind yes. of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea was that Black women could have their own movement, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But, right, but yeah. The two, the two races of women didn't mix or right. didn't mix well. So the original suffrage movement, uh, oh, and of course there has to be kind of an ugly side. Of course. There were some members of the suffrage movement who didn't just think there should be two groups but didn't want black women right because they figured they'd been you know the white guys had been voting for a long time and that they figured the white women should have the right to vote before anybody else so there there was some you know there was some ugly Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking so. at you, Elizabeth King Sanders. <laughs> right. So, um, so she basically said, as part of her speech, we're all bound up together. She said that Black women faced both racism and sexism, yeah. which these days that kind of um, you don't really know if it's one ism or another. That's or both. Referred, right. Yeah. Um, that's referred intersectionality mm-hmm. so she, she didn't coin that phrase but that she she recognized that both of those played a role against black women mm-hmm. well okay so the very next day as part of this convention because I'm, I'm guessing this was a multi-day thing or they just decided to add a second day <laughs> either way the very next day the convention held a meeting specifically to organize uh, the American Equal Rights Association, which would work for suffrage for both Black women and white women. Okay. Okay. Now, this group kind of split. Mm. They, 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 they were kind of one half and the other half. Yeah. One half, re- they, were, they were split over the 15th Amendment. Okay. Which, if you remember your amendments, the 15th Amendment is, is the one that says, if you're born an American citizen you can and, and you're male, you can vote. Right. Well, that extended the right to vote to Black women, to Black men. Right. And so 
again, there were some members of the suffrage movement who were white and said white women should get the right to vote before anybody black. And there were some people that were like, well, they're men, at least let's give them the right to vote and we can do the women as well. In another so amendment, yeah. Right, and so there became this split. And so- um, There was also the those who also thought, well, why don't we test the 15th amendment with women like Susan B. Anthony who went and voted and said, well, I was yes. born here as a woman. Do I, am I not represented in the constitution? And guess what? Because <laughs> uh, what's the declaration say? All, all men. men are created yeah. equal. Okay, so, so tested that. <laughs> right, so Miss Francis, as well as Frederick Douglass, as well as many others, so were in support of the 15th amendment to allow black men the right to vote. And so, so I'm guessing they're part of the split that said the 15th Amendment, you know, is cool. Is a good Let's idea. get this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they formed their own group called the American Woman Suffrage Association. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was the group that that focused on black women. Now, as a little bit of a side note, uh, in 1920. Native Americans weren't even U.S. citizens yet. They didn't become right. citizens for another, I think, three years. Yeah, it's a good in point. 1924. Sad. So Sad that's that. why I haven't even mentioned mm -hmm. uh, indigenous American groups. Right. So just to give you some other additional history. So um, so Miss Frances, uh, she spent the rest of her life working for equal rights, working for job opportunities, and working for education for Black women. Sweet. She ended up, yeah, she ended up co-founding and serving as vice president for the National Association of Colored Women's Club. Oh, yeah. nice. The National Association of Colored Women's Clubs had an Indianapolis state headquarters for Indiana. Oh, look at that. If, if you happen to be driving south on Capitol Avenue, as you're headed towards downtown, somewhere around 20th Street, 19th Street, okay. there is a historical marker in front of a, an old house. Mm. And that historical marker marks where the Indiana National Association of Colored Women's Clubs oh. was headquartered. Oh, very cool. The building's totally gone, but there's a sign. Totally. <laughs> At so, least there's a sign. Um, <laughs> So, no, I don't know. I mean, the, the house that it's in front of, I'm not, that may have become also a headquarter building. Right. I don't know if that was just not, maybe the first one was like destroyed by fire and this was the second version. I don't right. know. But here's my little genealogy connection. Yes. My great grandmother. So my dad's, uh, my dad's father's okay. mother. Okay, her name was Grace Wilson Evans, and she was a major player in the Indiana um, National Association of Colored Women's Clubs. Oh, um, wow, look at that. Member. She traveled all throughout the state to give speeches, and lots of famous people came through their house. She lived in uh, Terre Haute, mm -hmm. and so Mary McLeod Bethune oh. would come and visit. 
Oh, nice. Look at that. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, getting back to Miss Frances, um, she, uh, she lived a pretty long life. She passed away in Philadelphia on the 22nd of February, 1911. Oh, wow. So she was born in 1825, yeah. died in 1911. So she lived a good, long, fascinating, uh, <sighs> historical totally awesome life she saw a and lot of stuff in that time because the world totally. was and i couldn't even tell you changing. everything i know right <laughs> i didn't even tell you everything <laughs> my goodness so anyway yeah. if you want more information uh you can go to womenshistory.org mm-hmm. and you can type in her name uh francis ellen watkins harper and you can read more about her and find more sources of information Sweet. I'll put a link in the show notes too. So people can go directly there. Do not pass code. Do not collect $200. (laughs) So that's my one really cool thing. I love that. That is fantastic. Have you ladies ever heard of Frances Harper before? Bonnie's like, yes. Have you made a painting of her Bonnie? Sorry. I have. I printed out today my little... uh, thing to put do of her so there will be one there will be a painting nice that is the one where she's in her nice little tight jacket (laughs) there's another one where she's wearing like a funky hat and i'm like "Mm." right are you like i don't do hats right (laughs) no it's just she looks so it's like uh, it looks like she's from like the 1600s or something like she's got ah. this weird little like hat it's got like little bows coming out <laughs> like, <Aww>. <laughs> so you, you went with the tight jacket you went with the <laughs> jacket <laughs> i dig it katie did you say you hadn't heard of her before because i have no. not i haven't heard of her either no. so i love a new history claire have you ever heard of francis alba before well, about 10 minutes ago, I heard this really cool person <laughs> named Eden tell totally me about fair. her. Yeah. It's on this great podcast. You should listen to it. You really should. <laughs> tell the people what it is. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know totally. she had that Indiana connection, so that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Did she live yeah, in a whole awesome. bunch of different places throughout her life because she was born in Maryland. She's got Indiana roots. She's died in Philadelphia. So did she go all over? Well, okay. So yes, born in Maryland, left there when she went to teach uh, in Ohio. She did a lot of her writing in Philadelphia. Okay. And I think because of her writing, as well as because of her abolitionist and um causes just um you know uh, dealings she did end up traveling kind of around the country now she herself never lived in indiana um Mm. but i would imagine being vp of the group she probably was here a lot through all the different state headquarters Mm -hmm. and stuff so you know chances are my my great-grandmother probably knew her, met yeah. her, talked to her, you know, so, um, yeah, so that's kind of exciting. So that's as incredible. A, as a, totally. So as a yeah. little bit of a PS, a postscript, 
Um, I mentioned the Native Americans. Um, they really didn't get all of their uh, civil rights until the end of the 70s. Right. And I'm not entirely sure how the Voting Rights Act impacted them, but I don't know. I don't think they got their full rights, including maybe some things that had to do with voting until the 70s. Wow. Um, and of course, even though the 19th Amendment was supposed to be for all female Americans, most Black women really couldn't vote until the Voting Rights Act of the 60s. Of 64, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. There was so, another um, one on Asian Americans. I can't remember if it was specifically uh, Chinese Americans or Japanese Americans. I want to say it was Japanese Americans. Oh, yeah. Until, like, World War II. Well, I think, yes, and I know that um, uh, the 20s was a real, a lot of stuff happened in the 20s, a lot of civil rights related things. So, you know, black people were doing this over here, white people over here, Native American over here, you know, Asian over here, you know, and then of course you had your, um, uh, your protectorates like the Philippines. Mm-hmm. You know, we're certain they're Asian, but they they didn't have to mess with some of the stuff that other Asians had to deal with. So, right. so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, very much so. But yeah, <laughs> the, the 1920s just the first step in many many steps. Right, getting everyone the right to vote. Yeah, no, right, and who could be an American? Right. You know, and <laughs> all of that. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy time. <laughs> yeah. We were still trying to figure it all out in our little infancy. Totally. <laughs> we're still totally. trying to figure it all out. Yeah, <laughs> that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week as our next gal pal will share her one cool suffrage thing as the Gal's Guide to the Galaxy podcast continues. Well, thank you for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.